Welcome back, everybody. This is the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and we have the September sit rep coming at you guys. Uh, if you guys are new, never listened to one of these before, the sit rep is an episode we do about once a month or so, maybe more if something crazy happens, where we talk about some current events, we talk about politics and some things that are going on. It just so happens that this weekend is Labor Day weekend. So a long holiday weekend for many of us, and I think it's important to acknowledge, honestly. You know, Labor Day uh, became a holiday. It, it was first observed back, believe it or not, 1882, uh, organized by the Central Labor Union, and it was something like 10,000 workers took uh, a day off unpaid uh, to march from City Hall to Union Square. This is uh, according to History.com, and at some point, you know, we made it a, uh, a, a holiday, uh, looks like September 5th of 1882, so two years later. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, same year, September 5th uh, is when it took place. Now we celebrate it, uh, you know, September every year and everything with long weekends. And it's a it's a celebration of workers and workers' rights, um, which I think is a touchy subject. You know, unfortunately, we get to a point where people push that to where it gets closer to communism and socialism. But uh, you know, labor unions are uh, an important part of this country's history. I think I still think labor unions have an important place in in our country and things. Uh, despite being, hmm, how can I say this, uh, kind of bastardized, um, and, and leveraged as political tools rather than as an organization to protect, you know, workers' rights, you know, minimum wage benefits, uh, medical benefits, things like that. All the things that we take for granted today as just like standard <clears throat> are because of the, the work and the fights that labor unions, uh, endured, you know, back in the day. Um, so it's, it's cool. Um, it's very important to acknowledge it. Um, it's okay to also acknowledge that labor unions today are not the same as what they were before and that we could want some reform or possibly even some elimination. I come from a family where my father is a member of the UAW, you know, so uh, I am, I am pro union. Uh, but again, I do acknowledge there's a lot of shortcomings and a lot of faults with, uh, with those organizations. Um, you know, and I, I know there's a lot of whispers of, of strikes coming in the next couple of weeks, next couple of months, whatever whatever it is, uh, over uh, fair and equitable pay and benefits and things like that. You know, and when you really start looking into it, uh, you know, I'm on the worker side with this. I, there's, you know, oh, there was over I think ten, over ten years at one point where um, a lot of those workers did not get a cost of living raise. They didn't get a pay increase. They got profit sharing, uh, which again was not what it was supposed to be. I mean, you look at what it was in the 90s versus at least what some of these uh, individuals uh, got in the mid-2000s, you know, 2010s and everything. Um, not not, not good. Um, so they deserve the same rights as the rest of us, whether, you know, I work in a privatized industry. Well, it's a publicly traded company, I think, but, you know, there's no, there's no union for finance, so a little bit different, but everyone deserves to have a, a raise especially as the cost of living continues to go up. You guys are looking around the country, and this is some of the stuff we're going to get into today. Things are bad. Things continue to be bad um, as we endure the the Biden administration and their their policies, their ideas of how this country should be ran. And, and to an extent, that's not even just the Biden administration. That is the Democratic Party in general um, and their idea of a socialist America, which is, I mean... I, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's unfair. I don't think it's unfair to say that the ideas that the Democratic Party has for the future of this country are 
basically socialist ideals. Everything they're doing points us in that direction. So we'll get into some of that. We'll talk about some of the things that are going on right now. Um, I got notes and things, but we're going to get into a whole bunch of that stuff because it's important. It is important that we talk about it. It is important that we think about it. It is important that we we act on those thoughts and feelings. Um, and we talk about that a lot here on this podcast, right? If you have thoughts, if you have feelings, do something about it. Don't just sit by and wait for something to happen. That's, <laughs> that's how we got in this uh, predicament, right, in this country. People just wait for somebody else to do something about the things that bother them. And I think a lot of us, uh, and I mentioned this in my conversation this this past week's episode with Trey when he was on, a lot of people just share their thoughts online and do very little to to do anything about it, you know? Thoughts and prayers is a big one, but you can't do anything about whatever you're thinking and praying about. Or are you just going to post that online so you look like a good person while ultimately not giving a shit? Uh, I, I mean, I... I I beg to question uh, if you're just doing that for appearances, uh, if you're just doing that because it's what's popular and you don't want to get, you know, flamed or trolled by your friends online, or if it really does bother you. So um, we're going to get into quite a bit of that, um, but need to say thank you to our sponsors here, of course. First and foremost, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Uh, me and the guys went out. We actually had a field exercise yesterday and got some good gear testing done, things like that. Our Patreon has a, a new video up today. Uh, so you guys can head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Check that out. Check out all the other blogs and videos and posts. We've got downloadable targets and drills and things like that on there that uh, we hope you guys will enjoy. And if you want to support the you know prepared mindset podcast, that is the single greatest way you can. Um, addition, additionally, you can go ahead and just click, uh, follow or subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to us on. We really appreciate that. And it helps us out a ton, but we do have a handful of really, really just badass partners, uh, that, that work with us, that support us, that make everything we do here, uh, possible. And I need to say thank you to all of them. So huge, huge shout out to custom night vision. You guys, if you're not in the night vision game, uh, well, <laughs> you should be. Uh, it is dark 50% of the time. That's, you know, give or take, daylight savings, whatever. Uh, but it's dark 50% of the time. So if you can't see at, you know, in the nighttime, you need night vision. It's literally the only superpower you can buy. And that's where custom night vision comes in. Guys, whether you are getting into your first tube, so maybe you're looking at a PVS 14. Uh, with a couple different options, right? They stock all of those at Custom Night Vision. You're looking at getting into uh, a Tonto housing, right? Something nice and lightweight, something that's a little bit more current, a little bit more modern. They have all those options, Elbit tubes, L3 tubes. And if you guys don't know what those are, there's plenty of information on the site to help you out with that. You can even reach out. They have a direct messenger built into their website. And if you are looking to upgrade, they have tons of binocular options as well. They hooked me up with a 1431 Mark II with some really nice Elbit tubes. Maybe you guys are looking at something lightweight, like some of the Katana offerings, or even some of this new stuff, like the Nocturne Industries Die Show package. They have that completely built out, ready to go. You can split it apart into two separate housings. It's less clunky and less cumbersome than buying one of those big expensive bridges to put together a pair of PVS 14s. Really, really good options. And again, Elbit, Photonis, L3, tons and tons of tube offerings on there that you guys can choose from. Very competitive pricing, and they have everything you're looking for. So whether it is a set of 1431s, maybe you want the, you know, the newest, latest, and greatest things like DTNVSs, 
some of the articulating, uh, you know, RPNVGs, some rugged stuff that you just want to beat the shit out of and not have to worry about it, they have you guys covered. Highly recommend you go check out the website. You can go pick up a helmet. You can pick up flashlights, lasers. They have everything you need to be effective in the nighttime hours. Don't skip out. Head on over to customnightvision.com and pick some stuff up today. Huge thank you as well to our friends over at HRT Tactical Gear, you guys. They started as a training company. Now they're making nylon gear, and they make some really badass stuff. I'm running all of their mag pouches on my belt. They actually use Tigris to replace the the malice clips, those big, thick, bulky plastic clips we all fight with on our laser cut molly and everything. And it's so outdated. But these guys have developed their own out of Tigris. They're thin. They are durable as hell. They're tough. You know, once you get them installed, you got to fight with it a little bit. But once they're there, they are there. And I love the magazine pouches. Some of these mag pouches out there on the market right now, they have the Kydex insert and you have to take a couple months of just repetitions to kind of break them in and wear in the Kydex retention to that, 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 that really good sweet spot. Not with what HRT's got. It is perfect, out of the box, ready to go. In addition to that, they just restocked all of their AWLS weapon light systems, which are very cool, very unique. A lot of good stuff going on, going on over there. You can also check out their plate carriers, their back panels, uh, you know, all kinds of good stuff going on. HRTTacticalGear.com. Head on over, see what they got going on, and pick yourself up some gear today. Big shout out as well to 100 Concepts. Guys, 100 Concepts is killing it, man. I say this all the time, but they really are. You'd have to actually look pretty hard, I think, to find somebody who is not a fan of what you know Garrett, Pierce, and Jonah are doing over there, rolling out some pretty badass products. Uh, part of our field training yesterday was out there testing their uh, Scope Cap Pro, the light caps, just seeing how everything did, moving through some you know brush, uh, hiking with it, it, it snag, break, any issues. We were able to glass out past like 300 yards with the Scope Cap Pros, which are actually getting released uh, this coming week. They're going to be out there for public consumption, which is badass. Guys, the company motto is do good, be dangerous, and live free. Head on over to 100concepts.com. Check out the scope caps, the pro caps, uh, the, the pack scrim, the helmet scrim, all kinds of good stuff over there. Uh, if you guys are picking stuff up at T-Rex Arms and Big Tech's Ordnance, they also carry 100 Concepts. Grab some of that stuff, throw it on your order, save yourself some shipping, and still support a fantastic company, 100 Concepts. 100concepts.com. Head over, check it out. Uh, And last but not least, big shout out to LARP Labs. Thank you so much for your support, guys. If you're looking for vinyl wraps for your optics, for your PVS-14s, your lasers, your handheld lights, maybe you're just not a big fan of spray painting your gear, this is where LARP Labs comes in. You can head on over to LARPLabs.com, use discount code PREPAREDMINDSET to save 10% off your order. So if you're just trying out some new camo schemes, Maybe you're just looking for something because the winter months are coming up and you don't want to spray paint your whole blaster white just to have to turn around in two months and redo the whole thing again in green and brown like we do up here in Michigan. Great, great alternative spray painting. And it's 3M vinyl. It's computer cut. It's super durable. It's not going to leave any sticky residue or peel and fall off after a couple of weeks. It's rated for three years of outdoor life. Very nice stuff here. Head on over to LARPLabs.com. Again, discount code PREPAREDMINDSET will save you 10% off your order. Uh, but let's get into it guys. Uh, cause there's a couple things I really do want to talk about. And first on my list, um, and this isn't in any order of importance. So if you guys are reading into it, like I value some of this, uh, <clears throat> material over other stuff, please don't. Um, it's just, 
kind of the, <laughs> uh, the way I wrote it down and, and that's how we're going to dig into it. Um, but first talking about, uh, once again, <laughs> the Southern border, um, it continues to be an issue. I'm actually reading, um, a book, uh, I think it's, it's interceptors, uh, Matthew Thomas, who is going to be joining me, uh, on, on the podcast in a couple weeks here, who has worked the Southern border down in Pinal County in Arizona and has dealt firsthand with the Southern border issues, the cartels, the trafficking, the smuggling, um, all those problems. And this continues to be an issue because first day in office, uh, uh, you know, for the Biden administration, what did they do? In addition to killing the pipeline that, that, you know, drove down gas and oil prices for those of us here in the United States, um, he also halted progress and funding and, uh, you know, whatever else for construction of our southern border wall, which this is old news, right? I mean, this happened years ago. It was day one of the administration. So why am I talking about it? Because <laughs> the Mexican government recently installed a, I don't know if it's like a monument or it's supposed to be like a shrine or some kind of like political art piece or something. But uh, basically, um, the mayor of Tijuana, Montserrat Caballero, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, they installed a piece of the Berlin Wall, very, very close to the southern border of the United States. And this this uh, mayor, right, is quoted as saying, may this be a lesson to build a society that knocks down walls and builds bridges. Now, here's the confusing part to me, is why, if you're the mayor of a Mexican city, you're the mayor of Tijuana, which is actually a fairly recognizable Mexican city in the grand scheme of things, when you look at, you know, what's notable there, Cancun, Tijuana, Mexico City, uh, you know, Juarez, right? And, and notable for different reasons, right? Not saying anything, you know, good, bad about their economy or anything else. But isn't your job supposed to bring people to your town and, and bring money in and try and, uh, you know, uplift your community rather than sit here and make political statements about why people should be able to leave your town to come into the U.S. Uh, unabridged? Um I, I just, I don't understand that. Um, and it's concerning because at this point with the cartels and everything that's going on, like this is well-documented stuff. I'm not telling you guys anything that is uh, secret or not well-known or that you can even debate. Mexico has a real problem with the cartels. They do. Um, and they're basically at the point of being close to, my opinion, a third world country. There are towns that don't have good running water uh, basic needs are not being met by their people, which is why their citizens are basically trying to flock out of their country at a ridiculously alarming rate to come to enjoy life in the United States. And I'm not opposed to that. However, there needs to be checks and balances. There needs to be limitations to how many people we let in and why we let them in. You see so many stories on the news now of illegals who have come through the Mexican border. And my, by the way, they're not all Mexicans. There's documented cases of terrorists coming in from South America up through Mexico into the U.S., flying into Mexico and coming up to the U.S. border, right? And American citizens, young children are being raped, murdered. American citizens are being, you know, victimized, raped, murdered. Uh, not to mention, we have this huge drug epidemic going on. And where did the drugs come from? It's a lot of it is Mexico. Not all of it. I mean, we certainly got our own fucking problems here within the continental U.S., I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we don't. However, border security is a big issue. It's not really, I mean, I'm sure we have issues with the Canadian border too, but it's much different. 
You know, we don't have flocks and flocks and droves and hordes of, uh, of, of Tim Hortons loving, uh, you know, Canadians, uh, you know, sorry about that coming over the border, you know, trying to fight their way into our country. For the most part, most Canadians actually seem relatively happy with their country. They have their own issues. You know, Trudeau, I think, is a gigantic piece of shit, but that's just my opinion. He's not my prime minister, and, you know, thank God for that. I, got, I mean, I have my own set of issues here with my president, and I disagree with his politics. But I digress. The southern border is a huge problem. As we look at the issues in this country, there's a gigantic <laughs> uh, problem with the trust in the electoral system after this last election because of COVID and some of the measures that were taken and the lack of clarity and transparency that, that existed. That is one big issue. Now, why does that matter? Because we are continuing to, on the left side of things in this country, push for more lax and lenient identification rules and laws for voting. And who's going to vote for the Democrats? The, the people that they let in illegally. The people that flooded into this country with the lax border laws. Yeah, we want our family to come up here and join us. We want them to escape from Mexico and come here and come live with us and do these things with us in the United States. So, of course, they're going to vote for the people that are going to keep the borders open. And I'd like to remind everybody listening before you call me a bigot, before you you have anything negative to say to me about, you know, uh, immigration laws and how I don't understand and it's so difficult to move here. Like, I do understand. Because my family, my great-grandparents, immigrated from Mexico as fruit and vegetable pickers. And they struggled and squandered and were and, and lived in squalor for uh, years and years and years and had to use the term here that all the, the you know, uh, millennial folks hate to hear. But they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and they made something for themselves here. They forged a life. And then my grandparents... Right, my grandmother and her sister both opened up restaurants that their kids took over, which were my aunts and uncles and my mother. And now me and my cousins and my siblings, right, we have a life here. You know, all these generations, we have a life, but we came legally. We came doing manual labor. We took the jobs that nobody fucking wanted, sitting out in the sun, moving around from state to state, picking fruits and vegetables all, you know, summer long for very, very low pay, living in crappy housing without, you know, plumbing and things like that. Fast forward, things are different now. The population levels are exploding and people are, you know, popping out kids left and right. And the strain on our governmental system is... Uh, I don't know how much longer it's going to it's going to run honestly you know and to to make some of these Mexican children that are coming over and they're they're separated from their parents in the cages at the the border which I think is abhorrent I I, I do but someone has to pay for that <clears throat> someone has to pay for the border patrol who in a lot of cases some of these people are working without pay because they have unapproved overtime but they know how big of an issue it is and these are the these are the problems that we're facing and we have a president who can't acknowledge or won't acknowledge the issue. We'll get more into him later. Trust me. Uh, he he has entrusted uh, his. Um, let's. I'm not going to say anything. He has entrusted his vice president. He's entrusted uh, Kamala Harris with taking care and managing the uh, southern border issue, which has been great because nothing's gotten done. And don't take my word for it. There is plenty of news out there. There are plenty of articles out there about the, just the horrible things going on down at the border, the fights that are being fought, the, the issues that are being had, the confusion that's going on there. And <clears throat> it's it's not good, guys. Um, it is very concerning now that we have 
pressure, politically speaking, from government officials on the Mexican side as well, pushing for people to be let into our country. Your job as an elected official there is to improve the quality of life of your people. And I've said this for a long time. You need to fight for your home. I get that it's not easy, and I get that it's a lot easier said than done. But we did it. That's how the United States came to be. The colonies here, they were our home. We were sick of oppression. We were sick of a bad quality of life because of, you know, the level of taxation. I'm not going to get, you know, into all of that, but we just, we rebelled against, you know, whatever party was giving us issues. So if that means it's a time for a governmental change in Mexico, if that means it's time for something drastic to be done about the cartels, like I, I don't know what the answer is to that. Uh, but I, I don't think that the answer is just running from your problems. And, and that's like a life lesson. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't think that, I don't think that anybody would ever advocate running from your problems. I think they would certainly try to have some kind of semantic argument on whether this is running from a problem or not. Um, and in my opinion, they're wrong. This is 110% running from your problems. You're not doing anything to address the issue. That's not to say it's going to be easy. It's not to say that there wouldn't be a loss of life, which is unfortunate anytime that happens. There is growing pains uh, with, with any any issue that has been left to fester and rot the way that the quality of life issue in Mexico has. And I, I, I don't I'm not saying I have the easy uh, the easy solution here, <laughs> um, but uh, I do think that just opening up the United States southern border and letting anybody who wants to walk in come in, that's not thats not it. All right, The strain they put on the system, they're consuming goods at a rate that we can't maintain, and it's already we already have problems in this country with supply chain stemming from just the awful policies during COVID that basically crippled our economy and our supply chain to the point where now I just walked into a Kroger in a more affluent part of, you know, the county I live in. <laughs> and they had a list of like 30 items. And it was just a list, hey, sorry to let you know, but we are sold out of the following items. That never used to be a thing here. It was never, the only time we ever had anything like that go on was when something in the news happened and there was a shortage of something because there was an outbreak of like mad cow for a couple of weeks. So, hey, we're all sold out of beef or here's the recall notice. That was the only time we ever dealt with anything like that that I can ever remember. Until, of course, COVID, which they are. Uh, <laughs> they're saying it's coming back. They're saying we should get ready for a winter of lockdowns, a winter of restrictions, a winter uh, with with mask mandates returned to place. And isn't it so funny that as the election season is ramping up, that's when this is uh, coming back, right? It's already been documented. There are people close to the Biden administration that said, if not for that pandemic, you know, he probably would not have won. The pandemic's the best thing that happened for Joe Biden because who controls the media? The liberals. Who won the election? the liberals. So yes, the best thing that happened to him was the pandemic. And I don't I don't want to get into a debate on the validity of the election or anything like that. I have my own thoughts and feelings and I've, I've shared some of them, if not most of them uh, on this podcast before. And I think a lot of you probably share at least some similar concerns or at least have some similar questions around how it was handled and why things were handled a certain way. But now as we're getting back into the election this next time around, they're saying COVID's coming back. 
oh yeah, as campaigns, uh, you know, ramp up, oh right, COVID's back. So now we're going to go ahead, shut things down and then open them back up and talk about how President Biden's leadership spiked the, or, or dropped, I should say, the jobless claims. The jobless report is at record lows. And that's not a net, it's not a net gain. You cannot take away 3.5 million jobs because of the closures and lockdowns you put in place, then lift them and say, we created three and a half million new jobs. And I'm making, I'm, I'm making that number up. It's completely arbitrary, but you understand the point. If you had 7,000 jobs, you took ha- or 7 million, I'm sorry, 7 million jobs, you took half of them away in lockdowns and then lifted those lockdowns and those repressive measures, right? Three and a half million jobs come back. You didn't gain three and a half million jobs. The economy is not doing that great because of what you did. You just returned to a net zero. Like you just get, it came back to what it was. And I honestly don't believe that we've actually even gotten back to that number. There are people who are still mooching off the system. And I'm not against, I'm not totally against government assistance. I am against how easy some people are to get into it and how many people have made a job out of just, you know, uh, having children and living off of the state. Um, as somebody who used to work in bank branches and used to have to cash those checks when they before they were direct deposited and before they were mailed out, it was absolutely appalling to see how much money was given to some of these women that were coming in cashing these checks, always had their hair and makeup and nails done, always had a brand new designer purse, were always driving a Lincoln or a Cadillac or you know a nice vehicle. Maybe it wasn't one of those two brands, but it was always a way nicer vehicle than me, had the, the newest iPhone and everything. And I was sitting there working as a teller, struggling, you know, driving a 93 Civic hatchback and, you know, my two generation own, uh, old iPhone to make things work. It just, I have, I have some pretty, I have some pretty deep thoughts around government assistance, but we have not fully recovered from COVID. We haven't. And I'm sure this podcast will get flagged for that. And they'll put a little warning label on here because I said the C word, but I don't, at this point, why do we care? You know? There's, there's whispers of the lockdowns less than, or more than whispers. Honestly, people have already come out and said it. Now we have all this uh, data coming out now um, from multiple sources saying that 97% or something like that, or over 97% of all the ruled COVID deaths um, were not actually from COVID. COVID was a contributing cause, but they were ruled to be COVID deaths. And that was, and and you can look at numbers. That's the thing about statistics and numbers, right? You can dress them up. You can mix them up. You can leverage them. You can put them under a different scope or widen the scope. You can do a ton of different things to make the same set of numbers and data tell a different story. So keep that in mind when you look at at any of this. But if even any part of that is true, that was the data that was being leveraged to convince us all that we had to stay in our homes, that we had to close our businesses, that we had to sacrifice our livelihood. And think about that. They want us to go back to a state of mind, a time in this country of um, like a, <laughs> like an ever-present, ever-looming fear for our lives over an invisible, undetectable illness that, you know, um, we can't do anything about. And we have a vaccine, but then people who got the jab uh, still got COVID. People who got their two and three booster shots still got COVID. Because you can't stop it, something that mutates. And as it mutates, the strain does get weaker, which is part of why I'm so confused on how three years later, uh, coming up on four years later, we are now, we're, we're so uh, 
surprised and shocked and scared and we have to put all these measures back in place for the winter. I, that doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. But because it mutates, it's just like the flu. You get a flu shot every year. It's also quite puzzling to me how our flu numbers somehow went straight through the the fucking floor and COVID numbers are crazy. It's like, is it just the flu or is it COVID or is it too advantageous to our political leaders, right, to have these COVID cases be out of control because it's a powerful narrative they can leverage to tell whatever story they want. Something to think about. And on, and on that note, I did find something from uh, Jesse Waters, who is on Fox. He is kind of... Um, he has sort of kind of filled the void that was left by the Tucker Carlson departure from Fox. Um, he's kind of like their new head guy, sort of. I don't, I don't watch a ton of Fox News, but that's that's my understanding of of uh, Jesse Waters and who he is. But <clears throat> quoted as saying, you know, basically, Pelosi and Biden have a message for you this Labor Day weekend. America is in perfect health, and if you don't believe that, you're in a cult. And he goes on to point out the high crime rates, the open borders, and the low wages that we're currently living with here in the United States. And, I mean, he's not wrong. The messages we get from from President Biden when he does actually speak to the media and Nancy Pelosi uh, are that the country's in great shape. Ooh, not, not true. Not true at all. If you guys know anything about finances and the economy, it is, that is not we're not in good shape right now. Um, look at go to the grocery store and just look at the the price of things. Boxes and, and packaging have gotten smaller, quantities have gotten smaller, and prices have in some cases doubled. You know, I know we shouldn't be looking. I like to use the bag of chips comparison because a bag of chips used to be a very convenient snack, right? Not the healthiest thing, certainly, right? And take that. Uh, that, that, that component, that consideration away from this, the health value. But if you look at what a bag of chips, like a full size bag of chips that you would buy for your house, right? Not the snack size, not the, uh, the one you would like throw in a lunch, but the one you would buy to keep in your cupboard, um, used to be somewhere between four and $5. Um, and if it was like a limited, you know, whatever time or your grocery store was more expensive, maybe you were pushing six bucks, but for the most part, it was somewhere around $4. Bags of chips now are upwards of $7. So like a 40 to 45% increase. And when you open that bag, it is more than 50% air. You are not getting a full bag of chips. <laughs> in, at least in most major brands like Frito-Lay, they don't fill their bags. Um, and it's, it's kind of a joke, honestly. It really is. It's, uh, it's upsetting. So quantities are going down. Prices are going up. We cannot keep the shelves stocked. But... The health of the country is great. And if you're somebody who's who's a naysayer against this, then you're in a cult. And they want to continue to paint those of us that are critical of this government. And make no mistake, I, I would be, in this situation, I would be just as critical of a Republican president. I was not a fan of the George W. Bush administration. Um, I really didn't agree with how he did things or many of the things that he did. And granted, I was very young. Uh, for a lot of it, um, but he was in office for eight years. So he was in office for my formative development through middle school and high school. Um, I was a sophomore in college when Barack Obama was sworn in as president. I was actually given the day off of class or, or a a class canceled. And I was directed by my history teacher because it was monumental, right, to go to the student center and watch him being sworn in rather than sit in our history class. And I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's any swearing in is monumental, but because it was a black president, that's why it was monumental. Um, not to take this to a racial place, but you know, I digress. I'd be just as critical 
of a Republican president that had managed the country into this type of a position. But we've gotten to the point now where the left side of the aisle um, has gotten so good at telling the masses, the general masses, the, the lemmings, right, who are incapable of thinking or doing for themselves, and they are relying more and more and more on the government to tell them and show them what they should do and think and how they should feel, right, that if you if you don't believe them, then you're in a cult. You're going to further... Um, you're going to further vilify, right, these people for questioning what's going on, for demanding accountability from our leadership. And I mean, yeah, that as a politician, you are supposed to be representative of the people. That is literally your job. It's literally what you're paid for. And you're paid handsomely for it. Um, I believe uh, as a, you know, senators and representatives are paid somewhere around uh, $250,000 a year salary. I could be off the mark on that slightly. Um, but they always approve their own raises, you know, every year, every other year. And the rest of us are not getting that. I know when COVID set in at my, my work, I was not impacted, but I know my direct manager, uh, for two years, there was a pay freeze. She was, I think took two pay grades or something above me, but she was my manager. And for two years, she did not get a cost of living increase because that was what the company deemed important and necessary uh, to financially survive the hardships that they were uh, forecasting and projecting for the coming time. Now, again, we've since gotten through all of that, uh, allegedly, right? So there's concern there from multiple levels. And again, this is our leadership. Um, we we need answers from these people, and it is their responsibility which the, the oath they took to office, I mean, we've all seen the video of Joe Biden telling the steel worker that he doesn't work for him. It's like, well, yeah, you fucking do. You're the president of the United States. As a citizen of the United States, you do work for me and you do fucking answer to me. Um, there's a there's a great uh, dialogue between um, Martin Sheen, uh, or I'm sorry, Michael Douglas uh, and Michael J. Fox in The American President which is a great movie. Like uh, you should definitely check it out if you haven't. I know it's, it's told about a, a liberal president, but it's a, it's a great movie. I really enjoy it when it's on and uh, they have a great dialogue about how, yeah, I'm a voter. I'm an American citizen. You do answer to me, Mr. President. Um, and that's with any elected official and, and kind of let's, let's take it further on these elected officials um, because this has been in the news lately a lot. And it's important to talk about this is Diane Feinstein, She's like in her fucking 90s. She is still in elected office. She is still out on the floor voting. She has had power of attorney enacted upon her by her daughter. So she is not fit, mentally speaking, to make her own life decisions. She cannot, as a functioning human adult, make decisions on her day-to-day welfare and well-being. But she's allowed to vote on issues which determine, potentially, the future of our country. And that's okay. That's okay to have people like that in office. For whatever reason, we can't put term limits in place. Now, the Democrats don't want to lose her seat, uh, her position, because it could swing votes. Now, on the other side of the aisle, we have the same issue with Mitch McConnell, who, for at least the second time that I'm aware of, I'm sure it's probably happened to, you know, more than that, has frozen, literally frozen during his press conference. He was asked uh, this past week in a press conference if he'll be running for re-election. 
And he basically, uh, I mean, he froze. He, he just sat, th- sat there, stared off into space. He had an aide walk up and ask him if he heard the question. And he continued to stare off into space. I mean, the man could have had drool coming out of his mouth. And it would have been, it just, it was, it's very strange. And, and he's a Republican. And again, the Republicans don't want to lose him <clears throat> because then there's a potential that they could lose his seat to a Democrat and then, we're we're at this stalemate politically right now in the country where we cannot neither neither political uh, party can afford to lose or give up any ground and that's why we're leaving some of these people in here there's you know there are established names lots of people have voted for McConnell that's how he's been in his role for as many years and the same thing with Feinstein and Pelosi and we just continue to let these people who are completely unfit they can't speak they can't act they can't do anything but they're we're oh they're gonna vote on the party line so we need them out there this is again to say nothing of our own fucking president who cannot even form coherent sentences when addressing the nation and i get it i have problems talking from time to time when i'm you know overwhelmed in thought or very passionate about something that's going on however that is not the case with the president and also he's had enough practice where he shouldn't have that issue and he has speechwriters working for him he has teleprompters um in case you guys didn't know i i run a pretty low budget operation here i don't have a teleprompter and nobody writes my shit for me but our president gets out on tv you can't you know the the uh you know the the thing yeah that's literally the shit he says as the leader of the free fucking world you know the thing that's as eloquent a speaker as you can you can put in front of us as the leader of the free world. Um, and he has declared, I believe, unless something has changed, I don't think it has, he's declared he's running again in the next election. They're actually going to make this man the front runner for the Democratic Party. I, I mean, you can get you can get real conspiracy theorist on this thing and say that he is just a puppet. He is there pushing the line of the party. He's beheading his strings pulled by the you know people running the party uh, behind the scenes, and he's just a figurehead. Um, however, I, I think it'll be different this time. A, the country's in such a bad place. I can't honestly see how anybody would vote for him if that's what they put up. Maybe that means we see some Democrats converted over to being libertarians or even just voting you know Republican or not voting at all. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know how you could. I don't understand how you could look at the way the country is functioning today and reasonably infer that things will get better with another four years of this, um, with everything that's going on with China. Um, I mean, it was easy. Uh, Trump didn't do himself any favors, uh, you know, uh, the way he behaved on Twitter, the way he spoke to the media and things. And I liked a lot of what Trump did and like everything that he did, but I did like a lot of what he did as somebody who works in finance. I agreed with, with that, you know, quite a bit of his policies and, and things like that, but he was, he did not do himself any favors, you know, coming after Obama, who was one of the most gifted speakers we've probably ever had as a president in the last 60 years, just being completely honest, the man can talk. He's very captivating when he speaks. Donald Trump was not. He is not. He is the every, he was the every man's president, and that's what he got elected off of, which is why you saw so many people talk about how we need to get rid of the electoral college, because only the popular vote should matter, which... Again, not going to get into that, but there's a reason why the Electoral College exists, and there's also a lot of good reasons why we didn't get rid of it. 
um, look into that yourself. It's pretty easy when you start looking at the needs of some of these uh, farm-based states, why we don't let them get completely overpowered by people that live in large communities like Los Angeles, Detroit, Chicago, you know, Baltimore, Miami. Um, but I digress. <clears throat> so uh, I don't know, guys. It is very questionable. Uh, that's why, honestly, I would love to see, and I got crap from a friend this weekend for saying that I actually don't mind Ron DeSantis. I'd like to see him run. And, oh, but he hates the gays. No, he doesn't hate the gays. He just doesn't want, you know, the gay lifestyle stuff being pushed on kids who are, you know, under a certain age mark. Um, but that's what the that's what the left media does. That's what liberal media does. They, they, they take something, they run with it, they twist it, and then they push it. Um, so something that's used to basically just protect the sanctity of our youth um, and the purity of, of our adolescence and, uh, turn that into an attack on people who walk around playing, you know, ring toss with dildos on a fucking cornhole board at street fairs. You guys look that one up too. Um, children don't need to be exposed to these things. They don't, they just don't. I don't care what side of the aisle you walk. Uh, if you're gay, straight, whatever, whatever your pronouns are. I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit. Children don't need to be dealing with those things. They need to go out and play. They need to be creative. They need to learn. They need to grow their minds. And I'll be, be you know, most of us who went through puberty, especially, I'm I'm assuming I'm talking mostly to men on this podcast, you naturally get to that point where you become curious about the female body and the anatomy and things. You don't need anybody pushing you in that direction. It happens all on its own. We're not stifling anything by keeping this stuff from these kids until they reach the, the, you know, the mark of puberty. I think it's around 12 years old. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, that's the kind of my thoughts on everything you guys, uh, like I said, if you've listened to these before, you kind of know, this is a lot of, uh, current events and politics. And if this is your first time checking out a sit rep, welcome. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you guys have thoughts and feedback, I, you know, check out our uh, Instagram page prepared underscore mindset underscore pod. Shoot me a message. Uh, love talking with people, love being able to get input and feedback on, on what you guys, uh, think and agree with or disagree with, I think good, uh, good open discussion is one of the best things that we can do, uh, for growth and, uh, for our community here and, and, uh, looking forward to the next couple of weeks. It sucks. I feel like now that we're in September, um, we are basically already in fall. I know it doesn't feel like it. The high here in Michigan today is like 90, but, uh, the summer is pretty much over. I am looking forward to a very productive fall, uh, a couple trips coming up with the boys, some training stuff going on. Looking forward to getting as much night vision time as I possibly can. You guys, shout out one more time to Custom Night Vision. Go check out the the website. They got some really good prices on some very good units right now. And if you have questions, they have that chat function. Go ahead and reach out. Ask Ben a question. He's very, very helpful. Very solid dude. And they've been very supportive of us. Uh, Looking forward to our our partnership very, very much. Um, But that's all I got, you guys. Um, Got another couple good episodes coming up in the next few weeks here that I'm really freaking excited about. I think you guys are really going to enjoy. But until next time, you guys, get out there. And like we always say here, work hard, train smarter, and be prepared. Be prepared.